<laughs> Two, a big jury win. Yep, that was good. And, you know, I, I, I know... Your first time. I know, well, my second, but... Uh, your first time with me through a jury first trial. First time with you, yeah. And it's so fascinating. So one of the things that we have to decide when we're taking on a case and, and making selections and like part of the process is, are you, do you want to have judge alone or jury? So how do you decide that? Depends on the charge, doesn't it? What do you facts. want 12 people? And the facts, right? Do you want 12 people deciding this issue? Or do you want one judge because it's a legal-based case, legal What's the case. difference, though? Sympathy, empathy, a sad story, like we were talking earlier. Common it's all sense. About common sense, yeah. <laughs> like, so... And they're going to, and it's storytelling. We, we talked a lot about this earlier. It's all, who's going to listen to a story? You have a legitimate story. Like in the trial you did, you had a story. We'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll that get into, a, little, yeah. a little more in detail. Yeah, we will. So, you know, it, it's a question that became more complex over the last three years or, or four years because uh, Justin amended the criminal code to get rid of uh, preemptory challenges which was back in the day we could stand aside or excuse 12 jurors in a regular case, 20 in a homicide, um, without saying why. And there's all sorts of reasons that a Crown attorney or a defense lawyer would challenge a potential juror because they don't think that they're engaged in the case, that they're not particularly wanting to be there, or they're not, there's something that's disturbing us. And generally, I like a jury that's an experienced group of individuals. So, you know, people generally a little older in life, and you know, with a diversity of employment and knowledge. So that's what I look for. Um, and engagement is very important because there's this archaic thing about juror look upon the accused, the accused. So they stand up and they look at your client and they look at you. If they're doing this or trying to avoid your client's eyes at all costs, you know there may be bias there. So you've got, to, so, so that I thought was always very important. It had only been in existence for a few hundred years or I don't know how long. Give or take. And then, you know, Justin, who's been a criminal trial lawyer in his real <laughs> life and had studied law exclusively with his uh, very along intelligent... With, along with drama. Yeah, and, and, and with his very, very well, uh, his very astute justice minister who wanted to wipe it out because what they wanted was to have juries that was incredibly representative uh, of the population and um, that was diverse and in particular came out of that Saskatchewan case where there was no indigenous individuals on the jury panel. So she wanted to ensure that there would be indigenous representation. And, I, and, I, and the jury we had, I loved, excellent jury. What was so great about them was that you could tell that they were listening, they were leaning forward, they were nodding, they were great. But we had, you know, ultimately we wound up with 10 jurors. It's 12, two people got sick, um, but nine men, nine men 60 plus, nine men white, I know, right? <laughs> like, you know, so, and my client was South Asian. Yeah. Right? With a white jury, with one, one South Asian woman who was on it. And they did a great job. Yeah, they did. But just, I just juxtapose that with the, the insanity of saying the whole purpose is to create diversity. Right. I forgot what the, what well, the quote so is. I just got to find it. You it were just... looking at the Chohan case, though. Right, right. And yeah. Isn't... If I remember correctly, wasn't Chohan an issue where it was an indigenous person who Here, said they people. didn't get a, a... No, Chohan's not indigenous. Chohan's a murder case. Dirk was doing the case. Dirk Durstein, who we like and love. Great lawyer. Lots of great He's lawyers He's got a great Toronto. name. Dirk Durstein. Okay, it's like, it's great. It's either that or it should be... You're thinking about Stanley. Stanley. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, right. because there was a case where they were saying this was an indigenous person who... That's the Saskatchewan case. Who's now suffered because he didn't get the right to eliminate jurors. No, the victim suffered. So that case, the poor victim is in a truck, pulls up onto the guy's property, gets shot for being on the property. It's a white accused. And the the lawyer stood aside anybody who was indigenous. So it it was... Yeah, but no, but some of the challenges after the new legislation eliminating jury uh, peremptory challenges... Like there was one where it was an indigenous person who was who who said he didn't get a a chance to equalize the jury because he didn't have peremptory challenge. Anyway, well, that's maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, it could be, but it, 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 but but the Chohan decision went all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada. Yeah. That's the one that said this legislation is constitutional, yeah. and just read that one thing. The Court of Appeal had said this, and it was adopted by Supreme Court of Canada that this was the the part where they say Chohan, Ontario Court of Appeal notes in Chohan that eliminating peremptory challenges was intended Slow. to address to address the underrepresentation of Indigenous persons on juries and concerns that peremptory challenges were being used in a discriminatory manner in the selection of juries. Pause. Okay, so like it just didn't work out that way. No, it didn't, did it? Right? And Dirk was trying to explain when he did the appeal to Supreme Court of Canada, was trying to explain, look, math isn't going to work in your favor this way. Right. Any number of people you can choose out of 50 or 100 isn't necessarily, without the challenges, going to give you a representative jury. Right? Right. right. And, and what the... Just give me... Because this kills me so much. So, so this was a perfect example. It was a great jury did their job excellently. We, we felt immediately that they were engaged, but it was not a diverse jury upon which these geniuses thought it would be. Right. And, and, and I remember Dirk was trying to say to me, like he was trying to explain to the Supreme Court, and they're extremely bright, like the math is against you guys. Like the, the, you know, the probabilities of getting what you want on just a basis that these, the first 15 people that show up are like diverse, representing yeah. everybody in the community is not gonna happen. Right. In any event, that's what happened. So. The, the decision and the question to try and say to your client, is this a case where it's preceded by indictment, where you get the choice, do you do judge and jury or do you do a judge alone case? That made it much more difficult until we had this experience and I feel a little better. And I have to say, I'm very thankful to the judge that we had. I know I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. But the judge that we had did something interesting, which he doesn't have, he didn't, he or she doesn't have right. to do as a judge. Yeah. And, and the judge that we had, Right on. I, I commend him. So we had, did it the same way as the old way. Juror look upon the accused, accused look upon the juror. And then, you know, just looked at us and then excused the person. So there's no other jurors in, in the room. So anybody would get like a bad sense of things. And then he asked us. What are your feelings? What are your feelings? Any comments? Wow. That's pretty rare. I've never had that It happen. was amazing. That is... and, and there was one juror who came where like I could like just the whole look of the person scared me because it didn't look like they were engaged at all and they just didn't want to be there and in his honor read my face and, and he goes Mr. Newberger I, I saw you were either grimacing or making a mark I go ah, yeah I like it and and he excused the person and and good for him because other judges judges aren't required to do that no, no. so if that's the way we're going to go in the future that they'll involve us this way I feel a little bit more secure but, so yeah. So my my observations and and like like I mentioned, I haven't been to that many jury trials, but uh, I, I'm very sympathetic for their positions because I've seen them sitting there sometimes trying to keep their eyes open, and 
<laughs> and, that happens to me too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there. So, so like, some people are like super stoked. You know, oh my God, I got a notice for jury selection. Other people are just like, how the hell do I get out of this? Right? Are you happy? You sad? You get, you get selected. And, uh, and for those people who are really happy and think, oh, wow, this is, these are people we want. We want them to be invested. We want them to be, take it seriously, understand the, and explain to them, you're actually like the equivalent of a judge now. You're going to be the trier of fact. Your, your role here is very important. Do you take they it seriously? Judges. They, they are, are judges. Uh, literally. But. Without the pension. At the same time. At the same time. Or the parking spot. Yeah, that's right. Even more importantly, that's parking spot. Yeah. At the same time, there's quite a bit of time that can happen in court where the jury is left in the jury waiting room, uh, lounge, wherever they're, they're kept, and they don't know why they're not coming back to court. And the reason is because there's legal discussions going on about what the jury can or cannot hear. And, and I think it's so important because they're sitting there going, okay, I'm, I'm giving you this time. Why am I sitting here in a lounge? And I'm not part of the trial and they have to be told explain I'm sorry that it took us so long but we were discussing a legal issue and there's certain things that you can't be here to listen to they don't know that I think this is no, really important no, I agree but do we even say that that you shouldn't you, they you, need to they no need no no to. I know that part but that these are legal issues that you're not privy to how about we we have some housekeeping to do Keep it plain yeah. language. Yeah. Plain language. But they have yeah. to it's be told. Yeah, of course. That, that we're not just messing around and saying, oh, well, you know, we're not really serious about this trial, so we're, we're supposed to be in trial, but you're just sitting in the lounge for like an extra two hours or something like that, right? Yeah, eating stale pretzels, yeah. So, but let, let's go back. So I, I don't think we fleshed out enough because I think it's people, it's a really interesting question, jury versus a judge alone. So, um, so a highly technical legal defense may not be something you want to run in front of a jury because it's something that will be maybe very challenging for a jury to get um, with all respect because it's just so technical. And so you want to go judge alone. But but in the vast majority of cases that would go up to the Superior Court because of by indictment, you know, it's a valid option to run a jury. And then just from our discussion, so now we've explained that selection of a jury is pretty straightforward. You don't, you, you don't know their name. You know a number and you know their occupation. And there's not much we can do by way of challenging them unless there's, there's provisions in the code to challenge a juror. It's called challenge for cause if it's absolutely for bias, which doesn't include sex assault cases, and a couple other things. So there's very limited basis to challenge anybody. That said, you know, it's a valid dis discussion whether you want your case decided by some judge or by 12 people who live in the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a valid consideration. And some people may have a very strong preference to go before, as you call it, a jury of your peers. So I, I think that's a legitimate thing. I think the other thing to consider, because we do a lot of sexual assault defense work, is, is a judge in a better position than a jury to decide whether this happened or didn't happen. And there's a lot to be said that, you know, a, jur a jury of people who are experienced in life can smell bullshit maybe better than a judge. I don't know, it's, it's a tough decision. The instructions at the end of a jury trial, you know, like I, I've watched you during uh, your closing submissions to the jury, which is the first time 
you're asking questions of witnesses. At the end of the trial, it's your first chance to talk directly to the jury. And you gave them some, some advice on, on uh, reasonable doubt and so on, which is essentially a part of the, the judge's instructions. The first one I went to, the judge's instructions took the entire day. So it was like oh. from 10 in the morning until at least 4 p.m., just endless listening to a judge reading, you know, from Watts manual or whatever. And it was brutal. It was brutal to try and just listen to it and follow it and stay awake. And I don't, I don't know how the average person, and, and I have learned a fair bit about law. Yeah. Um, I, I can follow it. I don't know how the average person can actually, actually pay attention. <laughs> For an entire day to so, so tell me tell so, me about this I, I think it's an important point I want you to comment on that yeah. but I just want to back up for a moment but they do listen to the evidence they do so let's separate for one second so you have the trial and you have people testify which include your client and the complainer or whoever whatever it is and juries do listen I mean you know I've had the benefit of doing well over 100 jury trials and jurors do listen I haven't had one case where I felt they didn't listen in this case they all listened they make notes sometimes so they're engaged in the trial and they understand and they, they hear the evidence and you can sense that they're getting it sometimes. They may try and remain poker-faced and stoic, but every so often you can see how they react to a piece of evidence, right? And then once all the evidence is done, then as you were talking about is a judge gives an instruction to a jury, but before that, the, the Crown and the defense get a chance well, to... Actually, let's explain that for a moment. So if you're, when you do closing submissions, if the defense doesn't call any evidence, don't call your own client or whatever, the, the Crown would do closing submissions first. Okay, so let, leaving aside the sequence, so what happens in case people well, are I not experienced with it? Well, I think the sequence is interesting, though. So the lawyers get to do a closing address to the jury. So that's when we make our submissions to a jury, which I have to tell you is probably the, one of the best parts of, of being a lawyer, is you get to craft out this story that you're going to talk to a jury about, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you can... It's a wonderful opportunity to try and win your case because you can relate to them and you find a way to do it. But it's not pre-crafted because it's, it's a presentation of what came out at trial. It is. So you include the evidence. And then what I do is I spend about an, 30 minutes or 40 minutes talking about the law because you raise an interesting point. When the judge gives the instruction to the jury, that can take six hours. And it's going to include an instruction on the law. And some of the jurors might be doing that. So you want to be careful... You want to be careful when you're the lawyer that you do it in a in a manner that they're going to understand, but you have to get across to them the importance of the law. They have to understand the importance of the presumption of innocence and the importance of what proof beyond a reasonable doubt is. And if I'm not call, if I called my client to testify, I get to go first to the jury. If I don't call you get any to, defense, though. is it is it a benefit? I, okay, one sec. So if I don't call evidence, then the crown goes first, than I do. I love going first. I have predominantly gone first in 95% of the jury trials I've done, and I love it. And why? Because you set the tone. I'm the first one to talk to them about the law. I will do it in a, in a very reasonable manner that they can understand, but they will get the sense from me just how serious this is and how important it is that you need proof beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not a joke. And you explain that to them. Then the other thing you get them thinking about is your theory. And then, and then when you give your evidence across and why the client should be found not guilty, why there's problems with the Crown's case, you get everybody else trying, you get the Crown trying to argue your case. 
And I always ask the jury, think about when you're hearing his or her submission, and if you think I haven't raised a point, please think what my answer is. They're f***ing thinking about everything I've said in relation to what the Crown's saying. Yeah. I think it's so important to go oh, first. Yeah. yeah, they're comparing right away. Your so, story there. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, you, you mentioned earlier, so talk a little bit about this storytelling. Well, it's critical. Every and day. closing submissions. Right. right. Like Joe did an excellent job telling the story in the trial. We just You just won. Uh, that's what they want to hear. You know, they've been sitting in lounges eating their pretzels and coffee. They hear the boring judge tell, you know, summarize a lot. But here's the lawyer telling the story. Not all judges are boring. Some actually are fun. But well, we're doing jury there's, trials. A, there's a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they want. They want ABC. They want the trilogy. They want Star Wars. They want a story. They want a hero. They want a bad guy, a good guy. They want to hear it. And the, what our job is to piece, piece it together. It's a puzzle yeah. for them. Everyone loves a good puzzle, right? So here the defense lawyer is going to stand there and say, okay, here's the box. Here's what I think it should look like. Yeah. Let me put the pieces together for you before this other guy or gal even gets up to tell their story, how, what they feel it should be. I'm going to do the puzzle first. It's done. There you go. And, and you said something. The jury wants a bit of drama. Right. Judges don't want drama. No. But juries, like anybody You've else. You've almost made a judge cry before. <laughs> that, was for, that was me just getting upset. But... But juries, juries want a bit of drama. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not Perry Mason and shit like that. No. It's, it's much more calmer and it's not the United States. It's, it's, you know, it's much more. Yeah, you don't have to put a glove on. And yeah, the, you know, doesn't fit. Doesn't it's fit. The glove don't fit. Yeah. You, you must have It's quit. not like that. It's, no. it, jury trials are generally done very elegantly. But, you know, there's something you can do to create a bit of drama, whether it's in a cross-examination, then in your closing address to the jury, you're going to create a bit of emotion and drama, something they can relate to, something they'll hang on to. That's a big difference. It has to make sense. And that's the whole thing is that, like, you know, when we're going through this stuff and, and trying to figure out how to, you know, what to cross-examine on and stuff, is like, there's certain things that stand out. I mean, it's like... That's insane. How does that even make sense? And and the thing is, our story makes more sense. Yeah. So you're talking about is it plausible? <laughs> is there coherence? Which, which to is the story? more likely? Which is more likely? Right. And you get away. I think I think you can do more of an argument to a jury than we can now to judges. So particularly in sexual assault cases, like one of the pieces of evidence was allegedly there was this witness who is very close friends of the complainant who got sexually assaulted, okay? And two people were accused, my client and another one. And they were different acts. But the, the witness said, you know, I saw Newberger's client uh, do X, Y, and Z. She's the friend of the complainant. The complainant, yeah. She's literally in the room and she does nothing either because she's seeing the same thing. But at the end of cross-examination, she admitted she didn't see what she said. Okay, in other words, I got her to admit that it's not true. Her, her memory was infected by hearing. But what was really interesting things. was, because you raised this point, at the end of the day, they everybody goes downstairs to leave. The complainant who was sexually assaulted by is going to leave. And then she says to her friend, this witness saying, um, well, if you want to go with this guy and spend a night with him and hang out, no problem. She's like, no, I want to come home with you. She's like, you know what? Stay with this guy who I'm also saying sexually, sexually assaulted, assaulted me. me. Yeah. What, so, but just in, think in about what that. world? In what world? Right. So, so she does go off and has a nice evening and, and spends the night at my client's apartment. Um, 
But we could say to a jury, you know, you know, what's the plausibility that that she just went home with somebody she just saw sexually assault her friend? What's yeah, does that does that f-ing make sense and then, to you? And then then the girl who's saying that she was sexually assaulted by him goes, yeah, 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 stay with the rapist. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but could but we get away with saying, that to a judge? But you're saying that she was sexually assaulted. It's like so. Here's here's the thing. This is one of the, the few cases where that I've worked on where there's co-accused. And there was a really important point that you made when you were talking to the jury, which is, this is not a package deal. Thanks to Mercy. <laughs> Mercy's term, yeah. yeah. This is not a package deal. It was so important for them to understand. You can find this other guy did this thing, but our guy is not a package. This is a totally different allegation. And, it, and it's really interesting when you have co-accused because you can be at cross purposes, where yeah. it almost came to the point where saying, our guy's almost a crown witness. Because yeah, so he, have, he you, went in the room because he literally got a call or was party to a call saying, I'm in distress. Can you please come yeah, here? It's really important. I have to spend some time on this with the jury to explain, look, the evidence against my client is separate and distinct from the evidence against the other person. You have to consider this separately and you can arrive at a conclusion different than the other one. It's completely independent. It's not a package deal, right? But can I just go back to that other point for one second? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can do whatever you want. I, but just like... We can't say to juries, uh, we can't say to a judge what we can say sometimes to a jury like, well, Your Honor, what's the chances that the woman who said that she just saw, you know, my client sexually assault will go home with him? And judge will go, well, you know, I got engaged in myth-based reasoning, Mr. Newberger. You know, witnesses and people will, uh..." you know, I can't say that. I can't say that to a judge, but you can say that to a jury, right? And just one more thing. I love this. What what term can you not use with a judge or a judge can Common have? sense. Common sense. But what do you tell a f-ing jury? What's the strength, what's the strength of the jury system? Using use your, your collective common, common, common sense. sense. Right. You can use your collective common sense. So I'm a little more invigorated now having done this jury trial after Justin's changes to the criminal code. Thank you again, Justin. Um, <laughs> Subscribe, Justin. Because I just, I feel a bit of a sense of unshackledness i felt i feel very shackled when going before judges in sex assault cases now because we're asking to twist common sense to say it doesn't exist anymore we the world as we know it doesn't exist there's this this vacuum that you're in where you have to consider just like they argued today you know the complainant uh didn't say that there was oral sex as part of the sex so the accused can't say that what the are you saying there's only one version of there's only one version of events it's hers i know you know or if it would be a male complaint, it's only his. But oh. juries... What's our favorite word now? So much better. Specious. What's our favorite word now? Spe- it's a specious argument. Specious arguments. <laughs> but, you know, I, I still don't know because we do a ton of judge alone work, uh, trials, and, and it succeeds and judges do great jobs and they write it out. And they, but, it's, but I think it's an interesting debate. And, I, and the point of this was to talk a little bit about, you know, it's a big thing. When it's, it's legal advice. You're talking about, okay judge or judge and jury and and it's not an easy one to answer still i think and here's here's a little closing point there's something that we forget quite often to tell clients when we're going in front of a judge alone which is they'll reserve the decision and it takes you a month maybe two months to get the decision so what's the benefit when you have a jury it's right away it's right away you're there until they decide right (laughs) captive audience i mean i i mean you know there's a lot of agony for everybody there's agony for 
complainants. There's agony for accused. There's agony for the lawyers. You know, there's you've agony got for the jury that if they can't decide very quickly, they're all sequestered and they're stuck together. Yeah, sometimes they won't arrive at a decision for they, days. You can get a hung jury. You cannot. Sometimes you won't get a verdict. What? But but there is an immediacy to ju to you know what we call justice. There's an immediacy to it. You know, yeah. and I think there's there there's there's a sense of closure at least with that. But I'm more intrigued when trying to decide. Is there an emotive aspect of your case? Is there a hook to your case that you can sort of rub into the jury, like salt into a wound and go, you can't believe anything they say because of X, Y, and Z? Well, and, and in terms of storytelling, as we were talking well, about yeah, that's, that's a very good criteria, right? Yeah. Exactly what you said. Because yeah. a judge, is a little, right? Yeah. And that's nice, Mr. Newberger. Next submission. That's right. Yeah. Can, and I can't even consider that, Mr. Right, Newberger. Right, right. But when you go into court, um, nobody knows who you are. And so the storytelling thing is so important mm -hmm. because for people to understand what happened, they ha you have to be able to paint that picture of who these people are. So they can, they can come to decisions grounded in the evidence about who these people are and whether or not what they did was reasonable given who they are. Well, and it's making them people again versus accused. Right? I know. Not guilty versus I've just, I've created, here, here's my client. I want you to learn about him. I want you to meet him. That's a very important point. It's huge. Right. You're humanizing. Humanizing, yeah. Your client to the jury so they know who he is. They'll see the person's family maybe sitting there. They'll see the mother and father. They'll see the brother and sister or their children. Hopefully not the children. Hopefully but, not you know, the children. You know, they'll see their family. They'll understand what oh, they do for a living. That. They, you, you can connect with that and, and then take a hard look at, as a juror, I assume, who this person is. And that's, again, something that's sanitized in a in a judge alone trial mm -hmm. but it, it, it's 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 still i think a, a challenging decision because when a judge renders a verdict they have to give a written decision if there's an error you can appeal it a jury doesn't give reasons yeah and, it's and just I, the jury instructions that you're left with if, if things go wrong and 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 when an accused testifies and this is important to consider too when you're deciding whether to do judge alone or jury you have to also consider your client and the client has to consider themselves and, and the way that they're going to testify. Because, you know, I can tell you, if you're in front of a jury and, and a, a, a client who's testifying doesn't really do a good job or gets very combative at the wrong time, there, certain emotions come out, it can really turn off a jury. It'll backfire many times too, right? What happened in our jury trial with the complainant? You asked her a very serious question and she laughed. <laughs> and what did I say? Are you laughing? I see you smiling, Miss Such and Such. Are you laughing? Is this funny to you? Not funny oh, at all. But that, yeah. that, 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 and then creating a different scenario pissed off the jury. And that was something that we could just work on, right? Yeah. But that's, you have to be very careful with your clients to make sure that they understand, do they have the personality and the ability to go before a jury? Because a judge will be much more forgiving about those issues and has to go through that, that thing. And the last thing I'll say is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when you're talking about jury telling, your, your storytelling... Sorry, I meant yeah. storytelling to a jury starts with your cross-examination. Well, that's the first time you put your story to the jury effectively, right? Through your cross. Through your cross. You have to know how to cross-examine to do it effectively in front of a jury. Do you open to a jury ever in a jury trial? Have you ever opened to a jury in a jury trial? No. Explain what opening is. Making an opening statement, kind of summarizing right. what you're going to say at the beginning. No. That's that's, that's in the movies. For trouble. That's yeah, that's the in the movies. No. Yeah. So no, but no, but the crown attorney. So the crown attorney always gets the right 
to give an opening. I have seen the Crown do that before. Crown always does an opening, always does an opening at the start of trial. Then just before you want to call a defense, that's when the defense can then do an opening. Or you can bring a motion to try and open at the same time as the Crown, which is very limited circumstances you can do that. I have never done an opening and never will. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to hear. I'm just going to show you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because not everything works out the way you think it's going to be, right? Show, don't tell. That's the, the best part of storytelling. You, you don't just tell people things. You show them. You show them. Right. But it was an interesting point because, you know, uh, other lawyers may be of different opinions and, and, and there's no right or wrong way necessarily, although I think you don't open. And I never did. Um, and I always make the joke when the judge says, uh, Mr. Newberg, are you going to uh, do an opening? I say, ah, the jury only needs to hear me for once, you know. Um, but I just, I just don't think it serves you well. You need to wait till everything is in, all the evidence is in. They got a sense of what your story is, and then you package it up for them and sell it. Because it to sets the jury. you up well, for failure. Otherwise, I gotta say, right? Joseph, you've been trying to sell me on jury trials for a long time, and I've been very skeptical. Yes. And this was the first time we've done a jury trial together, and it was delightful to watch. But didn't you like the jury? Well, in the end, yeah. Yeah, I liked them better. But yeah. Let's take quit it. Once they quit it, it was great, right? Yeah. No, no, they um, were very engaged. The body language. I liked the body language. It was, you know, language you know what good. I really liked was I was I was looking at them really closely and I, I couldn't read them very well and and I liked that because it showed me that they were neutral coming in. Yeah, I thought I thought they I were thought, listening and then just like just like you know we've seen before and I understand it to be. When people are on jury, they take their jobs very seriously. Yeah, and you know, and I think the best moment for a jury is when they're finally done listening to the charge, the jury, and all the other boring stuff that they're like, yeah. but important. When they listen to the evidence, they're wide awake. Yeah. But listen, listen to the lawyers like, oh my god, it just, it's just, it's, it's almost like a drone or whatever. When it's like the law is now in your hands, and now we have to wait for them, then that's where they kind of go, okay. All of it comes together for them and mm -hmm. and the thing is it's not just I'm a powerful person I'm part of a group and and, and I think um, you know if anybody hasn't seen it <laughs> was it 12 angry men right An amazing film to, to look at no, but I think we don't we don't know and they can't talk in, in Canada they can't talk about what happens in the deliberations or whatever but um, but going and the U.S. Back is there, so different. It, it's so different yeah. in the United States. But, but, but going back there as a group and then talking amongst each other about their feelings and their perceptions and their memories of the evidence. And it's one of the things that they're told, too. If I summarize the evidence in a way that you don't recall, you go with what you, what you collectively you know, think happened. Other than when I make sure I get a transcript of my cross-examination <laughs> and I'm reading from the right. transcript and I got it. I'm so close to the jury. They can read the right. page. But but I do think there's a there's there's a team building yeah. most of the time where they come together to do it. But anyways, we've talked a lot about it. But I think it's interesting. I think we should revisit it again because we we get a lot of these questions about judge versus jury, and I think it's, it's a any, big decision. I think to it's make. an evolving yeah. issue it's a now. Big decision. You know where we are with the way people think about certain offenses, and I think I, this whole thing about jury selection I think has to play out with more with a little bit. All right, have a good night. End of the I'll night. End of my now. glass. Thank you. Can you, um, hi everybody. Can you like, share, subscribe, and click notification? Have a good night. Leave Thank comments you. too, because we read. Yeah, send us send us comments. We love the comments and questions and stuff you want to hear from us again. Good night, guys.